The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Teaching, just get a CD of the first service. Probably we we spoke in in, in, a, um, in in a more elaborate way in the first worship experience. Um, but we we'll start from the top anyway. Um, we did say that we, we thank everyone that has um, sent us SMSs, emails, WhatsApp messages, tweets, um, Facebook messages, all sorts of messages to to um, to make this question and answer session possible. Your questions are very important. And like I said, we need to answer some in the first worship experience for time. Hopefully we cover everything in the second worship experience. If, you, if, you, if this is your first time worshiping with us, you have come at a very interesting time because we are right um, towards the end of a series that has been titled Pure Sex. And we are talking about sexuality and the PG rating of this teaching is 18 thus far. And like I said, if the PG rating has been 18 thus far, today's PG rating is 25. If you are a teenager particularly, we encourage you to um, make your way out as the ushers, right? Do you have something for them? A movie? Okay, a fantastic movie is going on for you right now. So um, let's clap for them as God... The, the teenagers are ushered out. Um, there is a pastor um, named, um, except the parents have said they can be there. If the parents feel the teenager can be there, fine. That's that's fine by me. Um, but you know, I'm um, I need to go by um, standard censorship. A pastor called um, John Piper said this about talking about um, sex and sexuality. It is important we do, but, but he says this, and I think it's, it's spot on. He says, questions that have to do with sexual intimacy should be handled with verbal modesty rather than crass words. Rather than crass words. I think dressing and talking immodestly is wrong. Praise the name of the Lord. So today, right now, we are diving straight into it. The first question. The first question is this. It says, I like licking my wife's breast. And she enjoys it. But she stops me because she says it's for the children. I really love her breasts. I hate to say it, but it's causing me to fantasize about licking other women's breasts because I feel I am missing out. Pastor, please help us to put an end to this once and for once and for all. <laughs> Let's terminate this issue right now. Now, like, like I said in the first worship um, experience, there are four things you want to check when they are gray areas sexually. There are four 
things you want to check. Number one, is it as the scriptures forbidding it? Number two, is it uh, unhealthy? Number three, is it uh, unkind? Number four, is it unnatural? So those are the four, four things we, 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 we check, you know, if we have a gray area. And with this, this doesn't even pass the first test. Which means the scriptures clearly state husbands touching and, and, and um, in fact, the Bible says, like we read last week, to be satisfied with your wife's breath. Ah, are you satisfied with your wife's breath? For crying out loud if you are not going to touch it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so the Bible is clear on that. And I'll give you another scripture that I stumbled upon. And, and this is actually more graphic. Songs of Solomon. Songs of Solomon. Um, 7, 7 to 8. Songs of Solomon 7, 7 to 8. It says, your, You are slender like the palm tree. Your breasts are like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb this palm tree and take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like grape clusters. And the... Try to read that. I can't see. Okay. It's cut off. Um, one sec. Open my Bible. And the fragrance of your breath like apples. Praise the name of the Lord. Here's the, the man, um, Solomon, describing his wife as a palm tree and the fruits, the breasts are like the fruits. And he says what he will do. He will climb that palm tree and have a good time with the breast. And he says that he will... Deal with the breast like grapes. What do you do with grapes? Just saying. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So, um, this wife that is struggling with this should um, obey scriptures. I said in first worship experience that the breast belongs to the husband. It doesn't belong to the children. The children, they borrow the breast for 6 to 12 months. After 12 months, you are permitted to cast them out in Jesus' name. If your child is over 12 months and is still fondly with your wife's breast, rebuke that child in the name of Jesus. And they will obey you. Do I get an amen? Good. Next question. How can one know that one that they are not frigid? How can one know that they are not frigid? How can one know that they are not frigid? If there's an expression sexually that passes those four tests, the four tests are number one, there's nothing in the Bible that forbids it. Number two, it is not unhealthy. Number three, it is not unkind. Number four, it is not unnatural. And you still have a problem with it. You are frigid. For instance, if the Bible clearly states that the man should be satisfied with his wife's breast, and you're a woman, you have a problem with your husband fondling your breast, you are frigid. And Jesus will set you loose today. 
in Jesus' name. Now, some, some of you think, oh, Pastor, why are you praying like that? Listen, the things that wreck marriages are not very complex many times. There was a marriage that was going down south. Why? The husband presses the toothpaste from the back. The wife presses it from the middle. And the man can't get it. Says, this woman wants to confuse my life. Why? Because she's pressing the toothpaste from the middle. And she's like, what's wrong with you? In our house, we press toothpaste from anywhere. And fight started. Your house, you people, you are stupid. You are calling my father stupid. In fact, your mother is a bastard. And the rest will be history. Little things, you think they are insignificant. Major, major, major. Praise the name of the Lord. Talking about toothpaste, maybe God wants to set somebody free in that area. It didn't used to be an issue with my wife and I until recently. My wife just grabs the toothpaste and just squeezes it out from anywhere. I don't like it. I like to go from behind and just push. So, and, and when I saw that, we were almost quarreling. In fact, we, we actually did quarrel. On this, why are you doing this? So, come on, don't stress me. I can press my toothpaste from anywhere. I remember that story. Of, as I say, Chai, this is happening to me. You know what I did? I bought another toothpaste. Now, you will think that is the end, right? No, my wife took the one I bought. <laughs> she didn't do it deliberately to look for my trouble, but I don't know. But she did. So what I did is that my toothpaste is hidden now in the house. She doesn't know. <laughs> she thinks we are sharing the same toothpaste. We are not. <laughs> I have got to put it somewhere safe. <laughs> because rather than causing problem, I use my brain. Don't go and look for it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Next question. Do you think there is only just one person in the world for another person in terms of marriage? This is a single person asking me this question during the week. But I just chose to share it at this, at this um, meeting because a lot of single people are here. The answer is no. There is not just one single person for Another person. The answer is no. The answer is there is a subset of people that you can marry. You can choose to marry. For instance, if you're a Christian, you, the subset is believers. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Right? But for some other people that are Christians, not every Christian can marry any Christian. Oh yes, because some people are unequally yoked, even though they are both Christians. There's an unequal yoke. One person wants to run at 150 kilometers per hour, another person wants to run at 2 kilometers per hour. There will be constant pull. So, would you marry? You marry someone in that subset. In that subset. Now, the more um, heavy your assignment is, the more heavy 
your call, if you are called to the ministry, or whatever your call is, may not be ministry, maybe may be professionally or business-wise, the more intricate your call is, the smaller the cycle you can marry from. The more intricate your call is, the, the smaller the cycle you can marry from. It may actually even be reduced to one. But, in principle, there's a subset of people that you can prayerfully choose from. Do I get an amen? Next question. I find it difficult to keep up with my spouse's demand for sexual intimacy, but I always concede, irrespective of how tired I am. I never feign headaches or give excuses. But some of the times, I initiate, this is a woman writing obviously, I initiate intimacy, he sometimes says he has a meeting in the morning or is tired. If I insist, he makes such a big fuss about obliging me, after which I back down. This really hurts. What do I do? I must tell you guys, for a woman, don't mind that she's your wife, for a woman to initiate sex is a lot of work for her. For her to even get herself to the place she's initiating sex is a lot of work. So if she has initiated sex, you had better reward it. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, the women are clapping. Okay, good, 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 good. Men are not clapping. You are better. You see, first of all, you're saying this. You know, I'm saying this because you need to realize that the same, what goes for women also goes for men. The same way a woman's body does not belong to her, belongs to her husband. The same way the husband's body does not belong to him, it belongs to who? To the wife. So the wife places a demand on the husband. The husband is obliged. The husband has to. Pastor, is that in the Bible? Yes. The Bible says, except you are fasting and praying and you are both agreed. Outside of that, if you don't fulfill your sexual obligations to your spouse, your, the Bible says you are defrauding your spouse. In other words, you are a thief. In other words, you are 419. You are a fraud. Why are you using that ash word? I didn't use it. It's in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 7. Read it when you get home. That's what the Bible says. If you are angry with your wife, and okay, we are going to get that. But let's just stay with this question. There's another question like that. Let's just stay with this question. And, and you are not fulfilling that obligation. You are a fraudster. And no fraudster is likely to make it to heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, listen, I'm not, guys, before you think, oh, I'm, I'm unrealistic. I'm not unrealistic. I've been married, I've been in this game for 12 years, 13 years this December, I'm going to be married to one wife. Just one. I'm a husband of one wife. Just one wife. And I can tell you by the grace of God, there's no time in 12 years, 13 years, that my wife has summoned up the courage to say that she, she, she wants me and I'm tired. And there are times I'm tired, but there's no time I ever say no. Not once. 
I'm not saying this so that, okay, pastor is a superman. No! There are times I run, I run multiple businesses, I am tired, I'm fatigued. Maybe she has been on vacation, she's rested, she's, she's... Then I get home, I'm tired, and she says, uh, I have to man up. A lot of men just have to man up. And that's the truth. Ask yourself this question. It's, it's a tough question for every man to ask, but ask yourself this question. If you don't make love to your wife, who should? Who should? If you don't do it, who should? Excuse me. It's your duty, it's your call, it's your portion. Praise the name of the Lord. And if, if you're a lady, you're going through this, I, I will encourage you to be patient. Be patient. Pray. You know, try and, you know, help him unwind if that's the issue. You know, some men are not self-starters. They need to be push-started. You know, different things. You know, just don't let it get to you too much. But God will sort you out in Jesus' name. Say amen. Next question. God Almighty bless you and your most beautiful wife. In my mind, I said, thank God. There's somebody that has agreed with me that my wife is the most beautiful woman. (laughs) Because usually, most people will not agree with me. They say it's their wife. But this guy has agreed with me, you see, in the matter of two or three witnesses. I have been waiting for this opportunity. Please, Pastor, is it proper for a couple to have sex while the woman is menstruating or which number of days should, they, should that woman or rather the couple wait after menstrual period before they have sex? Please thank you and remain blessed. Now, I will answer the second question first. It's easier. Then I will answer the first question. The second question is, how many days interval after a woman's period has ended can a couple have sex? Zero. Zero number of days after. After period, action time. No stories. Do I get an amen? <laughs> That's number one. Number two, should a man meet with his wife while she's on? Well, it is not the most um, arousing period in this cycle. And like I said in the first worship experience, I hope that is not the time or that scene doesn't arouse you as a man. If, you re- if that scene, your wife's period, arouses you as a man, you need deliverance. And you should come and see Pastor K. Pastor K is in charge of counseling now. We arrange the deliverance for you. Praise the name of the Lord. First of all, but you know me anymore. I've, I don't do that. I'm, 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 I'm backing up. <sighs> so, while that is not the most exciting period, and I'm aware of the book of Leviticus, and if you want to carry out everything in the book of Leviticus, you go not, really go not. 
Because the book is not for you. It's not, if you read the Leviticus, read it to appreciate a God that is speaking to a people he has chosen and he has a way that he wants them to relate to him. doesn't mean it affects you. It's for the people of Israel for that period of time. So, what are you saying? I'm saying, I will not judge the people that have to be intimate at that period because, I'll give you an example. A couple have been trusting God for the fruit of the womb for a period of years. True story. They've tried, they've tried, they've not conceived year in, year out, year in, year out. Then the man travels for business in this season of their life. He travels for three months, comes back for three days, go back again for two, three months, one month, two, three months, it's varied, you know, comes back for two, three days. And there was a time he traveled for about three months, he came back for about two, three days, and, and, and when he came back for two, three days, the wife was on. And, and the guy says, ah, he's a Christian, of course, he hasn't been doing anything while he was there. You know, if you're you away from your wife for three months, <laughs> you will run home when it's time to come home. Of course, if you're a man, you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, and the woman was on, and the man says, no way, this thing is going to go down. And the wife says, yes, yes, this thing must go down. And the thing went down. And the man traveled again and came back and met his wife pregnant. Interestingly, she has an unusual condition that she ovulates while on a period. It doesn't make sense scientifically, but that's how our body works. So, are you going to judge those people? I won't. So I've given you one extreme and I've given you another spectrum and the Holy Ghost will help you in between. Do I get an amen? Amen. Next question. My fiance says that oral sex is okay as long as it doesn't enter me. I have been trying, I've been saying no, but I don't want to lose him. We did it once and it was really sweet. I must confess, but I still feel funny about it. Is it okay? It is not okay. All our sex between people that are yet to get married is not okay. Why? Why is it not okay, Pastor? All our sex is sex. That's number one. Number two, all our sex is so intimate that even married people, they tread on it carefully. Married people tiptoe around it. Married people are always asking, is this, how far can we go? I'm talking about average married people. I know some married people are, don't worry about those kind of things. Yes, God bless you in Jesus' name. Say amen. Good. Oral sex actually sometimes can take the woman farther than even intercourse can, can take the woman. Way, 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 way further. And you're telling me that is okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not okay if you're not married. No, no, it's not. Praise the Lord. So, tell him to back off. And if he doesn't back off, trust God. 
Because at the end of the day, you will lose. Believe me. The women always lose out. If you don't stand for what you should stand up for, you are going to lose out at the end of the day. I say these things, but interestingly, thank God for the ladies that listen to me, but interestingly, some ladies will not hear me. They will not listen. Then they will come and meet me six months from this sermon. They say, ah, I remember that sermon. You said it to pastor. I'm used to it. I will just pamper them. Oh, sorry. Don't worry. It go better. You, you, you don't have to let your life go down the drain before you understand the truth of the word of God. You don't. Praise the Lord. I'm going to take the next two questions together. The first one says, Please, sir, is oral sex advisable, especially if the woman, wife, happens to enjoy it so much? The second one says, I enjoy oral sex, but my wife is too uptight. She comes up with all sorts of excuses to avoid it. Is oral sex wrong? Now, oral sex is a gray area, obviously. And it is subject to those four conditions. Number one, is there anything in scriptures that forbids it? The answer is no. In fact, there are things in scriptures that alludes to oral sex. Clearly. Clearly. Number one. Number two, is it unnatural? Some folks say, the mouth is not meant for that side. That place is too dirty for the mouth. I have a shocking statistic for you. One of the dirtiest places you can ever know is your mouth. In fact, Research shows that some mouths are dirtier than toilet seats. As far as bacterial count is concerned. Praise the name of the Lord. So you say, so, so pastor, so why do, oh, so I won't, kiss, I won't kiss my wife or my husband again, you know, because I don't want gems. In fact, you should kiss your husband or your wife. Why? Because his bacteria is your bacteria. And your bacteria is your bacteria. So let all the bacteria begin to mingle. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Honestly, the reason couples fight, let me tell you something, the reason couples fight is because they don't kiss enough. This is my theory. Couples that kiss a lot, intimately, consistently, twice, three times a day is impossible to fight. Because the bacteria here is the bacteria there. <laughs> Check. If you are married for any length of time, you will agree with me. It's impossible for couples to kiss intimately every day, twice, three times a day, and sustain a fight. Impossible. Try it. President of blood. So, okay. Bacteria, bacteria is your bacteria. You can as well share it together. Totus tus. What is mine is yours. What is yours is mine. Everybody's fine. 
The problem begins when you are kissing or you are you know, mingling with other ladies. In fact, there's a common disease I shared with my first person experience that is becoming prevalent among chief executives in North America right now. It's HPV. It's the HPV virus. It's a cancer, it causes cancer of the truth or something. And it is only possible through oral sex. Now, the problem is not the oral sex with their wives. Because it's the same thing as STD. If you are faithful to your wife and you have been married for 10, 15 years and both of you don't have STD, you will never get it. The same thing with HPV. But the problem is, it is obvious that these executives are leaking something else from somewhere else. So they're having oral sex with this secretary, having oral sex with that person, having oral sex with that person, and they say that, after all, they've not had sex. They're still faithful to their wives, but they are carrying the HPV. In fact, they can introduce it to the lady. Praise the name of the Lord. So, there's nothing in the Bible that forbids it. You cannot say it's unnatural. The same way you can't say a man's mouth on his wife's breast is unnatural. You can't say that. Is it unhealthy? I've explained that. You can't say it's unhealthy if proper hygiene is considered and is factored in. You really can't say it's unhealthy. Number four, is it unkind? This is where a lot of couples fail. That's the test a lot of couples fail. The unkind test. Which means one person doesn't like it. The man doesn't like oral sex. And the wife says, by force, by force. Ungozi's husband does it. Amino's husband does it. What is wrong with you? You are too proud. Get out there and lick something. That is wrong. You can't force the man against his will. That's beyond kind. And the same is true. Vice versa. Your wife is not open to it. You can't be unkind. But you are saying, but pastor, you, you just said that our body is not our body's mind and vice versa. The same thing. That tongue you want to use is not yours, it's hers. And she says she doesn't want you to use it like that. Respect it. However, continue having the discussion. You don't force the other person. You don't force if it's unkind, leave it. There are men I know of that tie their wife's legs on the bed. And the lady's crying. And you are saying, what? It is my right. It's my covenant right. That's your only covenant right. It's not your covenant right to be the head and not the tail. It's not your covenant right to Provide security for your family. That's not your covenant right. That's your covenant right. To do all the things the Bible says is your covenant right. But that's your only covenant right. Something is wrong with that. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Next question. No matter what I do, can't resist him. Why is this so? From this, it is obvious that it's a lady and she's either single or she's Married. There are single ladies that have had affairs or, you know, an encounter with someone and 
maybe they lost their virginity to the man and they feel, oh, I can't resist this man. Even though I, I know there's no future together, you know, I can't resist this man. Or they are married women, you are married, you have your own husband, but you still feel that you are vulnerable to another man, that there's nothing you can do. It's a big lie. There's something you can do. You don't have to be a slave to any man's control. You don't have to be. A man has control over you as much as you allow him to have control over you. You can get up and walk away from that influence. But the problem is a lot of us don't want to get up and walk away. So you can't eat your cake and have it. You can't choose to be a slave and you are crying that you are not free. We talked about the soul tie thing, I mean, in the first part of the series. Sometimes you need to break the soul tie. Engage spiritually and break the soul tie. Sometimes it's a physical, pragmatic thing you have to do. There's a, it's giving you a big teddy bear. Even though you are married, you are still carrying the teddy bear of your first boyfriend. Something is wrong with that. There's a lady that a few weeks ago that I shared it I mean, with us. She had something. Her husband knew she had that thing. That her best quote-unquote boyfriend gave her. And husband says, well, I don't mind. You know, she's my wife. You know, we are free. I said, you're a fool. You're a big fool. She has no business. Those are the things that gives access. Or, or, or you, you, you get a perfume gift from this guy. There's a particular perfume he likes. He buys it for you. You might, it's left you, but you mind the perfume. You mind it, you mind it, you mind it. But the thing is eventually finished. And all the perfume you've been buying has been the same bottle, the same brand. They even brought up newer ones. You refuse to upgrade. Why? That is what he likes. But you are, you are married. Oh, you are, you are free. You are not with the person. Set yourself free. Praise the name of the Lord. Set yourself free. Some of us, we need to find out why is my wife insistent on buying this kind of perfume every time? Why? Find out. You'll be shocked. Someone says, Pastor, you want to start a civil war. <laughs> Sometimes you need war before peace. Next question. Sir, what do I do if my wife only becomes sexually rampant hmm. when it is obvious that other women are interested in me. She will be ready to do any style. And I mean any. But as soon as the coast is clear, quote and unquote, she becomes uninterested in sex. It's frustrating. Please help. I mean, there's some women that are like that. They only function in a competitive environment. And those are the women that make some men justify polygamy. It's wrong. Polygamy is wrong. That it is only when there's someone that competes with you, that is when you are sitting. Sometimes it's a character flaw or a, a trait because she's naturally competitive. So competition spurs her on. But this is your marriage we are talking about. Don't ruin it. If you can be rampant, When there's competition, please be rampant when there's no competition. You know why? So that there will never be any competition. 
Praise the name of the Lord. This man, please accept my sympathy. I don't want to say condolence. But things will be better. She has heard. And I'm sure she's going to change in Jesus' name. Amen. Next question. Pastor, does size matter? I mean the size of a penis. I'm a virgin, but I think about sex a lot. Not lusting. Hmm. How do you know? My friends are telling me also, I'm afraid. What if I marry a man with a small penis? If you're a virgin, what are you thinking about penis for? You know, I talked about virginity and purity. They're two different things. You can be a virgin and impure. Your mind should be stayed on God. Let your mind be stayed on God. Don't worry about penis size. And since you asked, let me answer you. What if you get a man with a small penis size? The odds are very little. Because most men have an average erect penis size of about six inches. Most men. <laughs> Research shows that it takes less than four inches of penis size to fully satisfy any woman. If the man knows what to do, of course. So what does that tell us? Penis size is not the problem of sexual dissatisfaction. It has never been. I'm talking about empirical data you can verify yourself. So put your mind at rest. The issues with sexual dissatisfaction with women are <laughs> more complex than a physical size. Even though research shows that women are more attractive to men with bigger penises, but men with bigger penises don't end up being men that satisfy sexually the most researchers. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is, trust God. You don't need to know the size. Pray. Believe God. And God will bring the right size for you. Do I get an Amen. Next question. It's not fair that God chooses not to answer my prayers when I mistreat my wife after she has been misbehaving. <laughs> That's a man that sent us this question from last week. You know, we said that the word of God says you should deal with women with understanding so that your prayers will not be worse. Hindered. It is in the word of God. So we now deduce from there that how you treat your wife determines how heaven treats your prayers. And some men felt very, very offended last week. And a lot of them met me and I said, Pastor, that's not fair. I said, I didn't write it. It's the word of God. They said, then God is not fair. I said, well, if you look at the, how God has set things up, God is actually fair because God said to the woman, submit to your husband. No question asked. Oh, questionable submission. Are you happy about that, man? Yes, we are. That our wives are supposed to submit to us without any questions? Yes, we are. But you know what God did? God made sure that she's supposed to submit to you 
unconditionally. If you treat her badly, I will treat you badly. Isn't that a good thing? Only the women are clapping again. <laughs> the men are not clapping. <laughs> God is putting the checks and balances in place. God wants wives to submit to... His, let me tell you something. If you understand this as a wife, you will not, never have any problem with submission. Never. The reason you have a problem with submission is because you are trying to play God by yourself. You are trying to be God in your marriage. Allow God to be God. God says, submit to your husband. Submit to your husband. You see, but pastor, this guy is... A... Submit to your husband. He's going to mistreat me. Watch God deal with him. God can deal with your husband better than you can. He can. So guys, it's not unfair. Next question. My wife stopped us from having doggy style, quote and unquote, even though she comes whenever we have it. Comes means she has orgasm whenever she, we have it. She says she's not a dog. What's your POV? <laughs> POV, I gathered, means point of view. What's your point of view, Pastor? My point of view is simple. You don't have to use the nomenclature of the world. The world has called that style doggy style. Now, this is one thing, before we really get into that, this is one thing that men need to know now. Men, we need to understand this. A woman will give up even sexual pleasure for her to be respected and treated with dignity. So don't treat your wife as a, as, um, a sex object, as a tool. She will detest it. Like this guy said, she actually reaches others when they have that style, which means this style works for her. Because not many women reach orgasm that often. That's another elephant in the room. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But having said that, you don't have to use the nomenclature the world uses. The world has called it doggy style. For crying out loud, I, nobody wants to be a dog. So she has a right to feel bad. So pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is simple. Change the nomenclature. You call it, some people call it back pass. Sister Elsman, I need to give me a back pass. You know in football, you can do a back pass and score a goal. Don't get an email. Some goals are scored by back pass. Some children are conceived by back pass. You can call it, there's a couple in this church, they are sitting down there, they are looking at me. I know, I'm not going to, they are sitting together. Should I give you more description? They call it, the woman calls her husband, Rare Admiral. Give me Rare Admiral over there. One coming. Some people call it, I've said back pass, I've said Rare Admiral. Some people call it, There was one point I mentioned. All fours, yes. My wife just reminded me about that. Some people call it all fours. Whatever. The, 
Don't let the world corrupt the beauty of your intimacy. So let all air admirals shout hallelujah. <laughs> you see the hypocrisy thing? There are more air admirals here. They are, they are not shouting hallelujah. So I'm going to say it again. Let all rare admirals shout hallelujah. You see? Those are my comrades. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Set yourself free. Next question. What is the way forward if a woman uses sex as a device to have a way which can sometimes tend demand extramarital affairs? Way forward is simple. It's, it's evil, it's manipulative, and the Bible calls you a defrauder, a thief, a 419. If you're a woman, you are doing that. You are 419. So, if your wife is doing that, say 419. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Don't say that, that will spoil your chances. And the, 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 the converse can also be the case. It could be the man. It's 419. Because the Bible is clear. The only condition is this. Both of you have agreed for the purpose of what? Of what? Prayer and fasting. Both of you have agreed for the purpose of prayer and fasting. That is the only reason. So the, the, the woman says, eh, I'm going to get you. You know, I know where to get you. There's nowhere to get anybody. Don't even use, don't reduce your sexual intimacy to that. You're you trivializing it. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, next question. I'm dating this lady. I'm not sure she's the one. Now, if you're not sure of the person, what are you dating the person for? Yeah, wasting. What are you dating? What are you dating the person for? You begin to date when you are sure. At least you have some level of conviction. You may not be hundred percent sure from the but you have some level. You, this is the person I want to get married to. All things, if God wills. I'm dating a lady. I'm not sure she's the one. We are both Christians and have agreed no sex. She, which appears to be good, she always wants me to touch her. And when we are touching ourselves, she always wants me to touch her down there. I'm afraid because I know myself. If I do that, I will not stop until we have sex. That's the man that fears God. I must commend you for that. But I must almost tell you, I must also tell you that you have no business touching yourself. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying you should not touch yourself. Why? Because the touching, the reason why after a while she wants you to touch you that touch her down there is because touching is foreplay. It's called four plates, like, like a three-course meal, appetizer. 
is the appetizer of the meal. After eating the appetizer, what happens to you? You want to eat more. So she actually wants to eat more. That's why she's taking your hand down. That's not when she shout the blood of Jesus. Because you have no business touching in the first place. You say, but we are just eating appetizer. After every time you eat appetizer, you will see the main course. You won't eat. Then you come back, you eat appetizer, you see the main course. Ah, this thing is there. But I love God. You eat appetizer, this thing is there. After a while, you will know when you finish the whole course. <laughs> Don't do it. I said to single people that want to get married, don't be in a place that if you begin to touch yourself, I'm not talking about sleeping with yourself, if you begin to touch yourself, nobody will know. Don't be in that place. If you're in a place when you begin to touch yourself, nobody can know. You're in a dangerous place. Dangerous place. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Next question. At the beginning, at the beginning of the pure sex message in church, you made an illustration which Lucy, with Lucy, who tangled with guy A in sex, left him, met a new guy B, had sex with him. The same guys have had sex with other partners, making them spiritually tangled together. My question now is that if a guy C, he didn't say himself. So if the guy C has sexual intercourse with Lucy, but uses a condom, is he entangled with Lucy and the other guys and, and the other sex partners? Thanks. When sex happens, sex cuts across three, three realms of the human existence. The body, the soul, and the spirit. That's what makes sex so um, <laughs> dangerous, so powerful, so dangerous. At orgasm, you know, spirits just... <laughs> Why? Because you are open. You are open. What condom does is this. Condom only protects the physical. So if the girl has STD, which she has collected from guy A, you may not, 90 something percent of the time, you may not, but you can still, they say that condoms is not even 100 percent. You may not, but what about the soul? What about the spirit level? The demons can still, demons don't respect condoms, you know. No, they don't. Curses don't respect condoms. Condoms cannot constrain a curse. It can't. There are ladies, some of you don't know, there are ladies that when their fathers gave birth to them, their fathers have placed a curse over everyone that is not their husband that will sleep to, with them. You don't know. You think you're just going on, you're like, oh, I'm a pastor, you know, we are young men, you're, not, you're collecting curses. That's just the reality. A condom cannot protect it. It can't. Praise the Lord. Next question. I was sexually active before committing my life to Christ. I am enjoying my relationship with God and I don't want 
and I don't miss my past life, but I keep wondering if I will have sex, sexual problems when I get married because I know I like sex and I have heard a lot of married women are not well serviced. LOL. Laugh out loud. I know that it is wrongly, I would say wrongly, portrayed that married women are not well serviced. That is not true. A lot of married women are well serviced. And if I tell them to shout hallelujah now, you'll be shocked. See, they are even beginning to clap safe. I've not said anything. <laughs> they are well serviced, oil lubricated, everything. Oil change, filters, four filter, done. So don't think that married women are not well served. That's, that's wrong. That's one. Secondly, keep your focus on Jesus. You see, you have a good thing going for you. You, you, you've known God, you're enjoying your relationship with God, you're not craving to go back to Egypt. That's a good place you are in. Don't worry about sex in marriage. Why? Because God knows that you need a good sexual life in marriage, doesn't he? Take it to God in prayer. Just say to him, God, I want an action guy no stories. Can't you talk to God like that? Talk to God like that. Talk to God. Tell Him. Someone that will grow together sexually. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. So, that should answer that. Next question. Pastor, I found my 10-year-old daughter touching herself. What can I do? Mouths are wide opened. Number one, don't demonize her. Number two, don't make her feel she's a bad girl. That bad girls, those are what bad girls do, and all that. Number three, don't make her associate that part of our body with feels. Don't, which is, you see, those things are what constitutes a huge interest to people when they get married. Don't make her associate that part of our body with feels. Don't make her feel that, oh, that place is, that part of your body is dirty, you know, it's only, you know, don't even, da 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 No. Number four, find out how she is experiencing it. Find out. Are you enjoying it? Tell me. Find out how far she has gone. Number five, find out where she got it from. How did it start? True life story. As a lady, it was about just 11, 12, or thereabouts. She came into the living room. Daddy and mommy has gone to work. She saw the house help watching pornography on daddy's big screen, sitting 
and doing all sorts to herself, she ran to her room and masturbated. 11, 10-year-old, 12-year-old girl. When, now she's married. Now she was telling me about, the, my wife and I, a few weeks ago, about the problems they're having in marriage. And we could connect it to that incident. So find out the source so that you are not just treating a symptom so that you are dealing with the source. Or for all you know, she may just be cleaning herself. Or the place may just be itching her and she just stumbled upon it. Ah, this thing is itching and it, ah, this thing is sweet though. She may just stumbled upon it. You want to know. Number six. You want to let her know that that part of her body is a gift from God and it's private. That that part is private. So she must interact with it privately. And privately doesn't mean when your cousin is around or when your brother or sister is around. Privately means when you're alone. Number seven, because it's a gift from God, you must keep it pure. Why? Because one day you are going to get married and God has also given your future husband a gift that is also keeping pure. And both of you will only open it when you get married. And that should be fine. Praise the name of the Lord. When you have those discussions, you will discover that you will empower your daughter. Number two, she won't bother touching the area because she knows the gifts and she's keeping herself. Da, 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 da. Number three, she will be anti-abuse. Because what the abusers prey on is ignorance on the children. They don't know their body parts. They don't know what is what. They, 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 they. When they know that if any man touches me, I'm going to tell my dad, my dad has said he will deal with the man. So what do you think your daughter will do when a man touches her? She will run to tell you. The reason abuse is prevalent is because the children are afraid if their parents will believe them. Because the, the parents are so stop it! Stop it! Bad girl. That's how some parents respond. But guess what? She's carrying it everywhere she's going. She's carrying it to school. You are not there. She's carrying it to neighbors' houses. You are not there. She's carrying it everywhere. Empower her. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope that helps. Number... Next question. I love him and believe he loves me too. He has met my parents and I've met his parents. The only problem is that he's married. But he promised to get a divorce soon. What should I do? You have met the wrong parents. The very wrong ones. If he's married, he's taken. He's not available. He's not yours. He's married, he's married. But, but the two parents of the... 
is married, is gone. If you continue, you are going to hurt yourself. If you continue, you are going to regret it for the rest of your life. Cut your losses. And move on. Next question. Is masturbation bad? Is masturbation bad? Basically, the answer to that is yes. Basically, it is bad. Why? Because you cannot masturbate in isolation. No, you see, tell me someone that can masturbate without lusting. I will show you a robot. When you masturbate, your mind must engage. Otherwise, you, you cannot enjoy it and you cannot orgasm. And for your mind to engage, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, some people go as far as pornography and all sorts of filth. You want to get rid of that. In my experience in working with couples, one of the greatest robber of sexual intimacy in marriages is masturbation. So, the guy has whacked himself off. By the time his wife comes, she's honey, she's, she's, he has no interest. And the girl is roasting. Or, vice versa. She has a little vibrator in her bag. She says to the husband, I just want to have a shower. She jacks off. She comes back, smiling. The guy wants to touch her. No show. Real life stories. One of the greatest robber of sexual intimacy in marriages is masturbation. Next question. Even though he's married, his wife is not taking good care of him. If I marry him, I know I will take better care of him. Please, pastor, pray so that he can see that I am, I am the correct wife for him. This pastor does not pray that kind of prayer. Praise the name of the Lord. This pastor is not prayer. It's strange. Why, 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 why some women like that? You see another person's husband. And you look at him and you're like, Oh, I wish, I wish your wife was taking better care of you. Look at your shirt. You know, you need to be wearing this kind of shirt. Or you need to be ironed this way. Or you need to be... Have you eaten today? No lunch. Oh. And she buys you lunch. And you're like, ah, eh? This girl is nice, so she's digging your grave. <laughs> run for your life. Run for your... Run for your life. Why? If you do it, the lady, you are here. If you do it, I mean... You are going to be wasting your time because, you know, your Bible says that, you know what that means? 
You are preparing the fish for the owner. It's not yours. But the, the amazing thing, and this is scary, and I'm, I'm saying this because, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's upon us. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. I have ladies that have come to me and said to me, Pastor, I just feel like a child. The first time the guy said to me, I said, you feel like a child. I said, I said what does that mean? Are you pregnant? Well, you are not married. He said, no, no, she's not pregnant. Said, she just wants one guy to summer her. She'll just be pregnant for him. She doesn't, she's married, but he can keep his wife. Ah. Dangerous. Praise the name of the Lord. So I advise her, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. She has gone to do it. Don't do it. The child is going to hate you. By the time the child grows up, in your old age, the child will be cursing you. It's, it's not worth it. Praise the name of the Lord. You may think you have temporary companion. Oh, I have a companion now. The companion that's going to turn against you. Why? Because no child will be happy. That's so... So... <laughs> Don't do it. Praise the Lord. Next question. Pastor, is, is bad sex a good reason to divorce? Or should I continue to pretend... And continue having an affair. So, here's a guy that's saying, Pastor, I'm having an affair. Because I have bad sex. I, I don't know what bad sex is. But he says he has bad sex. He says, but I want out. Because should I continue in this hypocrisy? Or should I just Get out. Now the question is this. My answer to this, to this man is this. You don't have a problem of bad sex. You have a problem of salvation. You need Jesus. Honestly, you need to find God. You need to have a relationship with God. Point blank. Because if you think that because sex is not good... Life is in seasons. You are married for a lifetime. Your sex life may not may start off as not being good. But if you are committed to one another, it will get better and better in Jesus' name. It will get better and better and better. But the reason is this. A lot of us, we want the shortcut out. Why? Because we've been bombarded with pornography. We've been bombarded with erotic stuff, lies, drama. Fantasies. So we come to our relationships and we demand that. The wife demands that the husband behave this way. The husband demands that the wife behave this way. Because you've been watching pornography. You're making love to your wife. You're you smacking her. Oh yeah, shout! Are you okay? Are you talking to a horse? Is wrong. And because she doesn't respond to that, you are saying you have bad sex. Or, or you are saying to your, to your wife because you've seen 
people, a porn star, having anal sex. You want to have anal sex with your wife. Look. You're going to get into serious trouble with God. Oh, pastor, is anal sex wrong? Yes, it is. Because he doesn't pass those four tests. In fact, he fails the number one test. And many, you might find out we're canceling a couple just last week. And the reason is this, you know, the woman has a, has a problem, a challenge. I'm going to mask it with her knee. So she cannot do some positions. And the guy says that that's the only position we enjoy. So you have to get into that position. Why? Because you have watched pornography and that is what you see in pornography and you have to implement it to your marriage and if it doesn't work, you have bad sex. Something is wrong with you. You need Jesus. Praise the Lord. You need Jesus. When you find Jesus, you know what will begin to happen to your heart? When you find Jesus, you will find peace. And because you found peace, you will be able to give peace in your marriage. Because you found peace, you'll be able to walk with your wife. And both of you will grow together sexually. Question. You are having bad sex. If you are the man and you are having bad sex, I can assure you, your wife is also having bad sex. The man can have good sex and the wife had bad sex. But it's impossible for the man to have bad sex for the wife not to have bad sex. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if the man has bad sex, the wife is definitely having bad sex. So what should she do? What should she do? You want to... So what should she do? Praise the Lord. So what do you do? You sit down together. Sometimes you need to escalate these things. Sometimes you, you need to talk to someone that can help you. That's just the truth. I know some of us are so proud. We are so full of ourselves. Look, when the stuff hit the fan, the whole, it will be in everybody's faces. So you better deal with it discreetly with a trusted third party. Next question. I have slept with too many guys that I have lost count of them. I feel worthless. I don't even know where to start from. In breaking the connections, I have found true love and I can't bring myself to tell him about my past life. What do I do? Some men really are not interested in your past life. That's the truth. Some men are like that. They're not interested. You've done it. Forget it. I don't want to hear. Let's move on. Some men are like that. But the truth is that as long as the woman is like that and she's still feeling that way, that marriage is not going to go far until she's able to onboard into her husband and they both deal with it together and they both pray about it together. So what's my advice? Tell him to sit down. If he's here, he's hearing this, I'm sure he's going to change his mind to listen to you. Sit down and have that discussion. Open your heart. Spin everything out. The guy loves you anyway. He's married you. You've said it's true love. So he can only love you more. The mistake a lot of us make is that we think if we are vulnerable, the other person will love us less. But the converse is usually the case. So, open up, my sister. 
Open up. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. This is amazing. Pastor, my family is currently... More questions. Okay. Now, some of you, what God is solving in your life right now is saving you 20 years of sorrow. In fact, some of you, a lifetime of sorrow is being taken care of now. If I were you, I would clap for Jesus. <laughs> Honestly. Last week, after last week's teaching, a couple said to me that it was as if you were in our living room, bedroom. Everything we fought and struggled about throughout last week, we came to church and we were looking at ourselves. Did you talk to this man? Did you tell him anything? <laughs> and problems that have lasted for 14 years solved. Solved. And the woman said to me, I just want to let you know, maybe you don't know, God is changing lives in God's favorite house. I just want you to know that. Praise the Lord. Pastor, my family is currently experiencing a difficult financial situation, which I know that by God's grace we will come out of it. Amen? However, this situation has caused a lot of emotional constraint in our relationship. I cannot remember the last time we chose to go out and have a bit of fun. I've suggested counseling to my husband for us, but he's not agreed to it. Most men are like that. I'm scared because we seem to be drifting apart. Please, what do I do? Or what do we do, sir? Now, let me tell you something. As a man, sometimes you need to swallow your pride for the, for, for the greater good. For the greater good. Why? Because if the problem lands, everybody says that uh, when wind blows, uh-huh, you know, it's better you just go and sort it out. But the answer to these people is actually very simple. You have financial challenges because of that. Let me tell you what financial challenges tries to do to you. Financial challenges tries to lock you up. Lock you up internally. Lock up your relationship. Make you want to just be in despair. Don't. You can go out. Let me tell you something. My wife and I can go out and have a good time on a budget of 1,000 naira. Yeah. 1,000 naira. In fact, on Friday, we went out and we had a good time and we didn't spend a couple. And we came back home at about 2 a.m., 1 a.m. It's all in your attitude. It's not in the money. It's in your attitude. Don't let money defeat you. Rise above it. Let me tell you why. How, how did we spend a cobble? Very simple. We went out. We got to where we were going. For some reason... We changed our minds that, okay, let's go back home. So we're talking, going back home. There was this traffic. I don't know if you guys experienced it. There was no trailer that got burnt. We're in that traffic till about past 1, 1.30 a.m. And I wanted to get frustrated. 
I was like, oh, I wish this car was an, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a car I'm looking at right now, it's called an icon. It can become a plane. Yes, they've, they've begun to make it. I'm, I'm, it's back ordered. I'm trusting God. So that when I'm stuck in traffic, I will just, and just go. So I was telling her about the car. She said to me, now, why are you getting worked up? I said, why should I get worked up? This traffic, you know, we are going to be here till we're this from 10 till about 1, past 1. She says, but we have ourselves. Let's talk. I'm like, oh, that's true. I forgot. <laughs> and we had a great time. By the time we got home, something good is about to happen. <laughs> if you were not here last week, you don't understand that song. Don't think you understand it. You don't. And we hung out for about five hours plus, and we did not spend a cobble. Don't think, don't reduce your relationship to Naira and Kobo. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope that helps somebody. Do you continue to love and obey and submit to a spouse that, one, has refused to provide for the family, two, is not trying at all to even provide for the family, three, does not appreciate the spouse, and now he thinks it is not his fault, and he thinks it is his right. Ah, I am only still in this relationship because of the Holy Spirit. Please help. I am drowning. Wow. Wow. Now, the lady, if you are here, I'm sorry that you are in that relationship right now, but the, 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 the key thing for you to understand is that don't let the pressure make you make a mistake or take a decision that you will regret. I know it's a lot of pressure. No woman is designed to be the provider of the family. None. So, so if the man is not working, I was going to say that sometimes men have financial seasons that they don't have a lot of money. But that doesn't seem to be the case here. If that is the case, just be patient. God will see him through it in Jesus' name. But she says he's not even trying. And he's also prideful about it. And does not appreciate the spouse. Now, I want to talk to the guy if you are here. If he's not here, please get the CD and perhaps he will listen to it. Don't destroy yourself. What do I mean by that? A man that is not able to provide, the man is designed as a giver. If you look at the anatomy of the man, when even during intercourse, who gives? It's the man. The man is designed to give. So when the man is not functioning, he's not giving, he's destroying himself. If you're able to sit down and your wife is, is the one working, providing food money, and you're able to eat the food, and he's not choking you, ah, something is wrong with that. Honestly, something is wrong with that. A real man cannot really swallow that food. In fact, the wife will have to be begging him 
that it will be well. Don't worry. Eat. A real man will not eat. Men, am I correct? A real man will not eat. So where is the pride coming from? That's not pride. That's, that's not pride. Pride is... If you say, I'm not eating, I'm the man, then you are prideful. If you say, I did not provide food in this house, I'm not going to eat, I'm going to starve until God does a miracle, that is pride. But you are not providing, you are working. That's not pride. Something is terribly wrong. No, really, 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 something is terribly wrong. Terribly wrong. So, 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 I mean, I don't know, I mean, if, it, if such a man, I, I beg you, if you would, if you would submit yourself to um, a counseling process, we can work together, if you would. But I don't know him very well, it's not likely. But you can break that mold. And the least you can do is appreciate your wife. For feeding you, for clothing you, for housing you. Ah, ah. Let's clap for the woman, please. That, that woman, if you're here, if nobody appreciated you, we are appreciating you. Let's clap, let's clap, let's clap. Abba. Praise the Lord. Wrong. And I say, single girls, open your eyes. Open your eyes. If you go and marry a non-entity, somebody that is not going anywhere, that's a non-entity. It's not going anywhere. If you just pray on you, God help you if you are not hard-working yourself. He's going to find another person. The only reason is with you is because you are feeding him. I can assure you of that, this lady. The only reason is with you is because you are feeding him. Stop feeding him. And see what will happen. I don't even know why you are why are you even feeding him. Did the Bible not say the man that does not work should not eat? In fact, that woman you are disobeying scriptures. You are disobeying scriptures. I know some people are going to fight me with this. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I'm not one that backs down from a fight. <laughs> you are disobeying scriptures. The moment you begin to obey scriptures, your life will begin to line up. Will it be tough? Of course. Listen, you know, you know how I'm able to respond to this thing? It's really paining me. You know why it's really paining me? I have a daughter. <laughs> it's really paining me. If my daughter gets married to a man that's... <laughs> I'm going to show up with that. I don't know. express it. It's a shame on us. You're you you putting all men to shame. It's a disgrace. And to the lady, I tell you again, stop feeding him. Quote me anywhere. Go and quote me anywhere. Go and report me to any other pastor. I know some folks have got to report me to, to some senior pastor that they know that I have a relationship with. Go and report me. 
Stop feeding him. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Hello, Pastor. Uh, the topic, pure sex. My question is, is this topic really meant for single? Because I think the Bible is against someone that is not married and having sex. I think it's fornication. Of course, now. It's not, this, this topic is meant for both married and single. For the singles, you get what you get, right? For the married, you get what you get. For the singles, the fact you get double. Because you get what you get, and you get what prepares you for where you are going. For the married, you only get one, because you can't go back there again. Hopefully. Uh, is masturbation a sin? I've answered this question. A friend asked this question and said, there is no Bible verse that says masturbation is a sin. I kept quiet and couldn't argue further. So please help me out. The answer is simple. Jesus says that anyone that looks onto a woman lustfully, as what? Has committed adultery with a woman. Lust equals adultery. Can you masturbate without lusting? Show me the person that can masturbate without lusting. I will show you a robot. It's almost impossible. It's not impossible. Can you? Who can? Let me see your hand. No, no, no. Let's be free now. Let me see your hand up. It's almost, it's almost impossible. For most people, we, we rely on, on um, pornography and on all sorts of things to stimulate themselves, to stimulate their minds. What... If the husband is expecting the wife to beg before they have sex, I've written this before, I've addressed this. If the husband is expecting his wife to beg before he has sex with her, is wrong, is, is, is a fraud, is a fraud, because the Bible says don't defraud yourself. Now, this doesn't, this doesn't mean there are some love languages that are words of affirmation. There are some husbands that just wants to be pampered. It doesn't, it's different from begging. Do you understand? That's not, I'm not talking about that one. That's not what I'm talking about. If the husband, maybe his words of affirmation, he wants to be pampered, pamper him now and uh, have a good time. I hope. Thank you. Pastor, please, is it proper for a husband not to disclose everything he does? For example, if he needs to give money to his parents, and he doesn't tell his wife. I said that, in first question, I said again, the husband should endeavor to disclose everything to the wife. The husband should what? Endeavor to disclose everything to his wife. However, I know by experience that some ladies are so petty and unreasonable that they feel that their mother-in-law is their enemy. So, She's my enemy, she's my enemy, she's my enemy. She's your enemy, but she gave you a son to marry. Even if she's the devil, hmm? she's the necessary devil. What am I saying? If you are such a man, and you see your wife keep ranting on that, I would advise you to just ignore her and take care of your mother, because you will be obeying the Bible. The Bible says, honor who? Your father and your mother. The Bible does not say, honor your father and your mother that are not witches. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother so that it will be well with you. So you ignore her and honor your parents. 
Praise the name of the Lord. When she grows up, you can carry her along. Question. Pastor Escom once said that married people having oral sex will hinder them from speaking in tongues. <laughs> What's your take on that? <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know Pastor Esco, I love Pastor Esco to beat. It's my spiritual father. You know that. Um, he, yeah, my spiritual father until he passed on. It's been a lot now, you know. And, um, and um, of course, I don't agree with everything he says because a lot of us, we say things from our own um, limitation, because cultural limitation and, and what would you say? What would you use? Mindset, you know, you know. As much as I love him, that is wrong. I mean... I know some people that have been doing this thing and they are speaking. Their tongues is even fire. <laughs> you know? So, it, it, there's no correlation. However, however, if any of those four things are not in place and you keep doing it, it's going to hinder you spiritually. It is. It's going to hinder you spiritually. So, Not only pastors, because without mentioning names, somebody else said that if you do it, that is God will kill you. I was in the meeting, and I know some of his pastors that does it, they are not dead yet. <laughs> oh Lord! <sighs> The Bible says that marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. My big sister's experience raped me. Wow. And now I can't forgive him, but I'm trying to forgive myself, but can't. I seem not to forgive my sister because she was not around during those times. Because now you can't forgive three people. You can't forgive the experience. You can't forgive your sister. You can't forgive yourself. I think the first thing is to forgive yourself. Because if it is rape, it means it was forcibly done. Forgive yourself. And move on. The second thing is your Sister's ex-fiance, so that means they didn't get married. You may want to tell her to help the healing process and forgive him. You may need help. If you need pastors to pray with you, sometimes those things are deeply rooted. Please see Pastor, Pastor Kuli here after service. Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Pastor, is it good for a married man to have wet dreams? Is it good for couples above 50 years old to have sex? Because I have once been told it is not good medically. But I am not sure. Please, what's your say on this? I guess this person is over 50. Now, um, is it okay for a married man to, to have wet dreams? 
it depends on what you mean by wet dreams. If, if wet dreams you mean a married man to wake up with an erection, it's a normal process in men. Men, that's how God has made these people called men. Sometimes they get erections at different times. That is one. Two, if you are sleeping with mommy water in the dream, is a different thing entirely. Do you understand? So you need to define what you, what you classify as a wet dream. If that is the case, then please see Pastor okay? after service. <laughs> and God will bless you in Jesus' name. People above 50, should they have sex? Absolutely. In fact, research shows that people above 50 have the best sex. Huh. A lady's mouth is open. Really? I'm sure you're thinking about your mom and your dad and all those people that pretend to be old and are senile. So that means there is something going on. Yes. There is. And just ask them. I want you to just, just, ask, your, just ask your parents. If your parents are in their 60s or 50s, call them and ask them. Daddy, do you see... Uh, You did talk to me about sex, but I want to talk to you about sex. Praise the Lord. They still do actively. Night crawling, pastor. I thought that was unholy. Oh. <laughs> because I got to my three. Because <laughs> I didn't get the question. Um, night crawling, yeah, I mean, I, I told you I'm a nocturnal person. I mean, you know. Sometimes I stay in the office till midnight, 3 a.m., then I'm going home at 3 a.m. With God, there's no difference between day and night. Darkness and light are the same with Him. But it depends on what you are doing at night. If I'm with my wife at 1 a.m., heaven is happy. But if I'm coming from a nightclub at 1 a.m., heaven is not happy. <laughs> so, night crawling depends on who you are crawling with. How can I handle sex in the midst of a difficult situation in the family because it affects me seriously? What? It depends on the difficult situation. I, I can't imagine. Maybe you guys are going through a tough time and women, like I said, Sex is not just physical for the woman. It is, you know, a whole lot of things together. But I said something about prayer. That there are only two times to pray. When you feel like praying, pray. When you don't feel like praying, those are the only two times to pray. Every other time, don't pray. Pray when you feel like praying. Pray when you don't feel like praying. Any other time, don't pray. Marital sex is the same. When you don't feel like having sex, when you feel like having sex, every other time, don't have sex. It will help you. You don't feel like... You are going through troubles. Next week, 
I'm going to show you health benefit of sex. That's when you should have sex. You have migraine. One of the greatest curers of migraine is what? It's orgasm. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But what I'm saying is, don't allow situations determine, rise above it. Do I get an amen? How can I help my husband if the only way he assures himself of his confidence as a man is sex? This often leads to him cheating with whenever, whoever is available, when he needs self-assurance. NB is a Christian. <sighs> While I will not say he's not a Christian, I would say that he has a major problem with his work with God. He has a major, major problem with his work with God. He's not the only man that needs that. He's not. But it is your work with God that determines a lot of things in your life, including your sexuality. So, your husband needs help. And if you are here, you are the husband, you need help. Please get help. Please get help. God will help you in Jesus' name. But please get help. My wife keeps searching into my phone with slightest, with slightest opportunity, looking for anything incriminating. Is this the right thing to do? Because she's always, she always says it is a right to check my phone whenever she wishes. <laughs> Ladies, listen. Listen. Checking your husband's phone will not make him faithful to you. You need to get that. The only thing that keeps a man is the fear of God. The only thing that keeps a man is what? If he doesn't have the fear of God, check his phone from now till... And if it's like some of us, honestly, if I don't want my wife to see something, she can never see it. Why? Because that's my, that's my domain. Technology is my domain. It's impossible. But I don't worry about that because I have nothing to hide. Praise the name of the Lord. So if you're a man, you have nothing to hide. Don't worry. When she grows up, she will leave your phone alone. But if that's what she needs to get peace of mind, let her read the phone. After all, are you hiding anything? No. Hopefully not. But ladies, leave the phones alone. Leave the phones alone. Praise the Lord. How do you handle a man that has regular mood swings? Really? And doesn't talk to his wife for days, for no reason, yet he wants to have sex with her daily. It feels like rape. It sure will. Men one characteristic nature, what makes a man a man, is because he has control over his emotions. That's what usually separates a man from a woman. 
A woman is swept away easily when they mature, they overcome it by their emotions. But a man, a man has emotions, but a man can control his emotions. But when you now have a man that will swing into a mood and will not talk to his wife for days, that is not pretty at all. That's not pretty at all. So, solution, again, this needs escalation. This needs escalation. You need help. You both need help. It feels like rape, and you are going to be resenting him. And you can do some strange things that will now shock him and shock yourself after a while. I pray it doesn't become degenerate to that in Jesus' name. Sleeping is an it's a hindrance to many things in my marriage. I have tried so many times to bring an understanding and tactics, but never works. What can I do next? By sleeping, I think this person means intimacy. That intimacy is a big hindrance to their marriage. Intimacy is a big hindrance to their marriage. Intimacy is a big hindrance to their marriage. So what should you do? This also needs escalation. Praise the name of the Lord. Please escalate it. See us. God will help you in Jesus' name. I am a wife that gets beaten and abused. Wow. By my husband, by my hobby. We quarrel a lot. He lies and have an unforgiving heart. Right now, I am fed with my I mean she means I'm fed up with my marriage. I'm not happy in it. I want a new start where I can be respected and treated like a woman. I think you deserve a new start where you can be respected and treated like a woman. Am I saying you should leave your marriage? No. But I think you deserve. That's the first thing you need to know. You need to say to yourself, I deserve better. That's the first step out of abuse. If you think it's okay for your husband to be beating you and for you to be a submission, that's not submission. One day we kill you. You must know that you deserve better. Then have a confront him. Have a conversation with him. Let him know that this thing will never happen again. If you have that conversation with a man, can I assure you, if he has some sense in his brain, it will not happen again. But if it still happens, Leave him. If you own the house, kick him out of the house. If he owns the house, pack out of his house. Let him sort. He has serious issues. Let him sort out his issues. When he's done sorting out his issues, of course, that's not a. You can't remarry. You, uh, you can't remarry. You will be solo. When he sorts out his issues, then he can come back. But until then, say, but pastor, I'm not strong enough. I cannot live without my husband. Continue collecting the beating. You are strong enough to collect the beating. Praise the Lord. Okay, finally. Hello, pastor. 
Is this right to get married to your elder sister's ex-date? Your elder sister's ex-boyfriend. Technically, I would say avoid it. Because you will discover that marriage is a marathon. Marathon means it's a long distance run. You will need your sister. You, think you, you may think you may not need her now, but you will need your sister three years from now, five years from now. Do you think she'll be able to stay in that, your house if she's passing through town with that guy in the house? She, she shouldn't be. Because I know strange things are happening these days. But she shouldn't be. So what would I say? I would say, let it go. God will bring your own husband. In Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Um, has that helped anybody? Okay. Praise the Lord.